Welcome to The Board, a podcast series on mechanical keyboards by the Mechanical Keyboard Community. Proudly brought to you by Idea23. Awesome caps at great prices. And Kivio, the place for split keyboards. Good evening, Kevin. Good evening. How are you this week after your first official week in the real world? It was good. Um, you know, like, n- w- working makes you tired. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like full days, like nine to five. That's it. It's, it's, it takes getting used to, especially after, like, university life where you kind of just go on your own schedule and stuff. You know... It's been like a decade since I kind of entered the real world now, if if I really want to think about it that way. But my transition to the real world was relatively easy because when I finished my academic studies, I worked in the academic sector. So it wasn't really that much of a transition. And then, of course, I moved into industry, but through research and development. So once again, it wasn't that big a transition. And then I went into retail, which was retail like you know you don't really even bother thinking about it it's just retail um so i don't really know what it's like well for... also you had like exposure to higher higher education than like higher education than like bachelors whatever they're called i can't even think of the word for yeah, like... yeah no that's correct but how does how does that make a difference because you had you're, you're more you're in general, you're just like if you go through a master's and a PhD, you're a little bit more mature, I think. Like you're mentally more developed, you're like emotionally more developed. You just have more years under your belt, like an extra two to three years, as well as some serious hardships and struggles with your degree. Did you ever work like casual jobs and things though during your your studies at university? Um, so I, I did interns, I did two internships, like nine months worth. And then I also did, um, I, I worked like in my major, we had like a testing lab, like a research lab and I worked in that, but it wasn't consistent. Like sometimes we would take like a trip with the professors, which would be like a week and we'd be gone for a week, like two students with the professors and some weekends we would do like. 12 hours or 20 hours of testing like crazy amounts like super intense and then there would be nothing for like a month so it was not that's that's not like the real world though. yeah it wasn't like a 20 hour a week part-time job right okay now because like when i was doing my undergraduate my bachelor's yeah i worked at the movies and so i guess you know that that was that was how it is working candy bar and and cleaning cinemas and picking up trash and you know selling popcorn soft drinks chocolate ice cream whatever so i suppose that was probably a foray into the real world yeah that's that's the, also customer service type jobs like really like help you like they they're like they suck but they really do like help you kind of learn how to deal with things so it was good i think do you have a favorite movie i would say that my all-time favorite movie is probably The Shawshank Redemption. Ooh, okay. One of my, like, best friends from high school, that was his favorite movie, too. I- I've seen that movie so many times, and I still love it. Still love yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's a really good movie. Yeah. But, you know what? We're here to talk mechanical keyboard-related things, and uh, mechanical keyboard-related things, I suppose, we should talk. Yeah. So, today's episode is kind of a little bit special, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We're in a- Why is it special? Because we're going to play our guessing game. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to go straight into the competition uh, from last week, though? Oh, we should probably get that. I, I say we get that over with. Get that over with? Yeah, and, right. then, and then we have the rest of the episode to talk about the mystery topic which nobody knows about <laughs> yet <laughs> i didn't nobody think it really can, works that way nobody can guess 
Alright, well, so last week we had our split episode, and what was really interesting is the fact that I got zero feedback about it. So either people absolutely loved it and didn't say anything, or they absolutely hated it and also didn't say anything. But as part of that, we ran our guessing game separately. So now we're going to do every episode like that. (laughs) (laughs) Episode episode. Uh, and I, I listened to Kevin's and I gave myself five points because it was super obvious in the first one. And, um, Kevin's given me the answers to, to my one and he's got zero points. So how about we just have a quick recap on what the actual clues were and then, uh, we'll, we'll announce what the actual answers were. And then I'll talk about the people who entered and, and won. All so right. wait, let me yeah. read. I'll read my five first, and then yep, and then you give your like, and you you give me like what told you it and stuff. Okay, sure, sure. So my first clue was this company is the management buyout of Computec Inc. Wait, is this it? Is this the correct one? Yeah, this is it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The. This is this company is the management buyout of Computech Inc., the U.S. arm of a former Canadian injection molding manufacturer. This company was founded in 2001. This company is located in Custer, Washington, USA. This company offers double shot die sub pad printed ABS and PPT keycaps. And lastly, this company started a website dedicated to keycaps in 2012 known as pimp my keyboard (laughs) so the obvious the obvious answer to that is signature plastics now i got it on the first clue because in the keyboard community there are no other known injection plastic companies in the u.s in the u.s and it's a u.s like company like you know but uh the the custer western uh sorry washington state i would have actually got that as well simply because i've purchased a whole bunch of stuff from them uh, grab bags and whatnot i am familiar with their shipping label uh so yeah at worst it would have been three points three points four points um located in custer washington is three yeah Okay, so for my five clues, it was, I was first released in March 2013, but did not get a refresh and new release until 2015. I was run by a Korean vendor. I was produced in double shot ABS and only run as a 10 keyless set in OEM. My colorway was based on a product that is consumed in the order of 2 billion units a day worldwide. And Civic Cats are being mistreated for this product that my colorway and name is based off. Now, what were your guesses? My first guess, the 2013 first released was Hyperfuse. My second guess was run by a Korean vendor is Dolch. The third guess, I was produced by Double Shot. Uh, I was produced Double Shot ABS was Soware. The next one was Plum, who consumed 2 billion <laughs> units per day. And the civic cats are mistreated with chocolatier. So you got zero points because the actual answer was the coffee set. Oh, now. that's so hard. That's such a that's so hard. That's like the most unknown set ever. How, look, it can't be that unknown simply because they even ran the coffee set version two in 2015. Now it was done by Keypop, which is a Korean vendor. And two billion cups of coffee. I didn't coffee, even know they were. I didn't even know they were Korean. Two billion cups of coffee are consumed day why, uh, a day worldwide, and Civic Cats are mistreated for Coffee Luwak, the most expensive coffee in the world, because they're force-fed coffee beans to eat it to poop out the enzyme-reacted beans to make Coffee Luwak. Wait, Civic. Now, I read. Wait, what this, are Civic Cats? Civet cats are a type of animal that actually eat the beans because of the was like flesh monkeys. outside. I thought they like they made monkeys <laughs> eat them. 
<laughs> See, my wife was just standing there and I read those clues out and she looked at me and said, coffee? And I was like, <laughs> and I nodded to her, right? Like, you know, even with that last clue, she knew what it was. <laughs> uh, I had no idea. And like, I still don't. I still... <laughs> The only reason why I chose that keycap set was because that was the first keycap set that I came across when I joined the community in 2014 that I looked at and went, hey, wow, that's really neat. Hey, don't touch that, dear. It's port. It's for adults, not for babies. Is that alcohol? Yes. You're drinking alcohol. That's because I'm an adult, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Good night, I just never see you drink alcohol. Uh, Now, so we asked people to send in, and the winner is um, Joseph Mayfield. Bye-bye. Go to bed. The reason why Joseph actually won, uh, as sad as it was, is because he was the only one who actually entered. (laughs) So, you know what? It doesn't matter because you've got to be in it to win it. Now, his responses was he thought that it was signature plastics, but he didn't say how many points. And he said it was the JT Cola keycap set. So That's a great guess. That's a really it, good it's guess. It's a great guess because 2 billion units a day worldwide is massive. But I don't know how it comes down to the Civic Cats, though. <laughs> Nobody even knows what that is. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yes. So, Joe, congratulations. I'm going to grab your details and we'll get that Idea 23 keycap sent off to you very, very shortly. Courtesy of our friend Workchill over at Keeptown, which is another great, fantastic podcast series on mechanical keyboards. I thought, I swear it was monkey. (laughs) You can Google it later. Now, uh, while we're still on the the, the topic of competitions anyway, we might as well get this out of the way. I want to announce for July's Kibio competition uh, what that is. And now, the June winner was actually drawn the other day, and the winner was Andrew Steiger. His entry was actually number 62 out of 992 entries. So, thank you very much to all of the people who actually got involved with the Gleam comp, as well as the fantastic feedback that was provided and given to Danny. I've sent that through Wait, to him. How many so, entries did we get? Uh, so, it was 992 actions, but each action counts as an entry. So, and there's five actions per person? Uh, I can't remember how many actions I had available, but it was 221 users. So, 221 entries? 221 users left 992 actions. So, not everybody necessarily completed all actions if they didn't want to. That's because there's always one that, like, you need to do, like, some Facebook or Twitter thing, and those suck. Nobody ever does those. (laughs) Well, a lot of people certainly did because... uh, you know, there was 992 chances to win. And hey, Don, Andrew do you remember when I won the, the keycap weight giveaway and then you disqualified me for no reason? <laughs> what? <laughs> the grab bag weight giveaway. It, um, you're disqualified because you're a host. <laughs> Rightful <laughs> winner of that of that giveaway, okay? Uh, anyway, uh, so, yep, Andrew Andrew's already been contacted. Um, and I do want to tell people that people just wrote random junk in the feedback to get the extra entries. Do not think that I do not check and validate entries because I deleted those invalid entries. Okay, so if you're going to write something and give feedback, you should do it proper because otherwise your entries is just going to be a waste of time anyway. Because I wanted to read and find out what things people wanted to say to see what was on Kibio. So, um, yeah. So, for July, we're going to run it through the podcast as per normal. And what it is, is send us your ideal keyboard community website slash forum features. Give us a list of the things that you're looking for that would make a website or forum ideal for you. 
Okay. You can send that to theboardpodcast at gmail.com all month long. Take the feedback, build the most epic community website ever. Get all the money, get a condo in Melbourne. Where it turns out you know, it's really cold. You know, I I copped I copped flack from people about like why I was saying Melbourne didn't have good beaches. I still say that Melbourne doesn't have good beaches. You know, I thought it did. So, <laughs> but I, it is close to like the Arctic Circle. I've learned. <laughs> anyway, time is burning, and we should talk about our only topic this week. I don't even know what to call it, but it's probably the best popcorn that we have had in the history of popcorn for mechanical keyboards of this podcast. Mm, Wouldn't you yeah. say so? Yeah, the only drama that, like, what, try to think of a drama that's bigger than this. Maybe, like, the Ivan stuff, but that, I think that was before our podcast. That was before the podcast, yeah. So I think that besides the Ivan stuff, this is probably the biggest drama. Now, do you want to run a timeline of events and things that had happened in this, or do you want me to run it? Oh, definitely you run it. <laughs> so, what we're talking about is the sale of Geek Hack and its resulting purchase. Now, of course, if you're listening to this a lot longer down the trail and it isn't fresh news, you probably won't know about this. Of course, if you're listening to this fresh, you should know about it because it's spread across the entire community worldwide because of such a big reaction to everything that has occurred and has been said about this particular topic. But as a refresher, especially for people who are new in the community and don't know what we're even talking about, GeekHack is probably the largest of the mechanical keyboard communities with an extensive history and a dedicated website forum for mechanical keyboards. Now, Reddit has over 250,000 users on the subreddit. Well, 150,000 have Razer and Corsairs, so they don't count. And a lot of them are probably duplicate fake accounts, that kind of thing, for various reasons. Yeah, Geek like Hack, I have 10 just to upload our stuff. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you do, you do a terrible job of it. <laughs> Now, GeekHack has 64,000 dedicated users who are truly mechanical keyboard enthusiasts. And they've been around a very long time. They've been around a very long time. Um, so, what happened was, on the 1st of July, IMAV, who was the creator and owner of GeekHack, put out a post that said... He'd been made an offer for $10,000 to sell the GeekHack community. Staggering news, straight off the bat. And he said that he loses a lot of money every month in running the site. He loves the community. It's great. You know, it's been a a long time because he started it in 2007. And he wanted to sell the website and everything that was attached as part of the package to the entire community to a member or group of members rather than the person or person's company who had made the initial offer of $10,000. So he was saying that he couldn't afford it really anymore and that's why he wanted to sell it. He had three mortgages and the expense was, you know, due to unforeseen circumstances becoming a burden that just wasn't sustainable. Now, a lot of things happened. A lot of things were said. There's pages and pages and pages, seven pages of content before things went a little bit sideways and and the thread got locked and then new threads got opened up and everything else. But as it turns out, information that came to light was it costs roughly $300 US a month for hosting server costs, running costs, so on and so forth. He then said... Anybody who makes an offer for $15,000 will get the site straight off the bat, doesn't care about any other future offers. Zeal came out and said, I'll take it at 15k. Then stuff happened. Stuff happened in the background. You know, there was smoke and mirrors and rumor mills and everything else because 
the done deal at $15,000 was no longer a done deal. And it's it was kind of like they like shook on it and then he's like, well, it's kind of like every keycap trade that's ever happened on <laughs> RMM. Like, <laughs> it's a done deal till you get a better deal, bro. Well, and this is where it goes a little bit funny because, you know, there's, there's nice practice, there's good practice, and then there's money. And it turns out that people started coming out of the woodworks and started throwing money at I'm Mav for Geek Hack. And the rumor mill came out that Vertiscope, which is a Chinese-owned data mining company, had made an offer in the order of about $30,000. People started getting concerned. Now, I don't know where this rumor came from because I did read through it and I didn't really catch what had happened for that information to come through. And just a good question. Have you ever heard of Vertiscope? No, but I don't, like, I don't operate in that sphere. So I don't know about these things. Yeah. So do you think tech people would know about it? Is that like, is it a household name for them? I, I really don't know. Yeah, it's weird. So... So these things came to light and, you know, I know Heroin Bob, for example, said that a serious PM was incoming to him as well. And then there was kind of like radio silence for a little bit. Now, people were really concerned about the situation. They started throwing out suggestions about running Patreons and, you know, ways of donating to keep the site running than having it being sold to unknown mysterious Chinese people or vendors that could be stealing private information like addresses, PayPal, you know, emails, um, like private information, personal information that would be stored within private messages and so on and so forth. Then Zeal came out with a absolutely amazing post, which was his private messages between him and IMAV, where IMAV basically reneged on the 15K deal and said, look, I've been made a massive offer. I can't sell it to you for $15,000. I have to take the higher amount of money. And Zeal essentially was like... It's because IMAV has 16 mortgages going on. He's got three mortgages. So, you know, he's... He's basically gone and said, look, I can't turn down such a staggering amount of money. And Zeal has said, you should honor what you said publicly, which was 15 k and I will ignore any other offers if it comes from a community member and IMAV didn't so so that bit of laundry was aired and then people just went off the rails because nobody knew who had bought the site and uh, the rumor mills I don't even know where this piece of information came from I think it might have been through discord or something like that or through some other channels was geek hack was sold for fifty thousand dollars now, that's a staggering sum of money, if it's true. And user18, who's one of the mods, then on Tuesday, the 3rd of July, so two days has transpired in between these activities, and said that the new owners had reached out to the mod team and have had productive conversation. They are not data mining or interested... No translator needed. <laughs> or interested in the site for its users' personal data. Instead... They've invested in the site out of a desire to preserve the community and nurture the keyboard hobby. And a formal announcement will be made the following morning and everyone will have an opportunity to ask questions. So, you know, it's kind of like settled some of the fires because people are like, okay, let's just find out who the actual owners are. And then user 18 later on in the same thread said that the new owners don't want to be made public until they have their announcement ready. And that was a request to the mod team. So, um, yeah, of course the next day, uh, no, yes, next day. So 4th of July, Norbauer wrote a really well articulate, well articulated post. I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but there are, there are concerns, um, about, certain things and actually let me have a look at the timeline okay so so the announcement came out on wednesday the 4th of july and it came from will bright and will bright was a co-founder of 
Mastrop. Mastrop was the mystery bot. Um, and they've said a whole bunch of stuff, and some of the lines that they've said was that the change in ownership should affect zero change in the GeekHack experience. And they've said that GeekHack won't remain the same, it shouldn't stay the same, communities are organic, they grow, they evolve, blah, 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 blah. You know, a lot of stuff was said, a lot of things were bouncing around, and this leads to me saying what Norbauer had written, which was that, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the, the distinct, succinct way of saying it, that Mastrop is a commercial entity, and they must have had a commercial reason behind why they dropped a lot of money. So, and he, he writes this one line and he says, I'm just not sure how enthusiastic I am to continue participating here merely to build further cash value for the venture capitalists backing Mastrop, rather than being able to think about it as building value for a shared community that can control its own destiny. Without the community-orientated mission and spirit, this is just a really ugly website. <laughs> it is a really ugly website. <laughs> He's absolutely correct there. So, so, and that's what transpired over three days. Now, one day later, <laughs> a new website called Keep Talk turns up essentially to become a new geek hack and uh yeah that's that's kind of where we are now now we're what three days later yeah we're three days after that now it's the seventh so this whole thing has transpired in the space of six days a very fast action a lot of talk a lot of action nothing's changed with geek hack right now but where does the future lie so i've run through that uh, sort of back history now, and let's get into some of the points of discussion. Kevin, what are your first and strongest thoughts about what has happened here? Ooh, okay, so I'm not very good at when there's like emotions involved. I'm not very good at like thinking things through. <laughs> so, so this was like. But my... be emotive. Be emotive because this is really emotional for a so, lot of so, people. Yeah. So I had my like. I had my like, even though I'm I'm a, I I was on Geekhack since maybe I don't know 2015. I have like 100, 150 posts maybe, and like I've created probably like five threads. When I first heard that he's deciding to sell Geekhack, when IMAV first announced that, I was like, "Who do you think you are, IMAV?" And then, <laughs> the then owner? when I yeah yeah well I I don't know I was like. What? That's not very nice of him. And then I hear he's selling it to a Chinese data mining company. I'm like, who do you think you are, IMAP? And then <laughs> and then it gets announced that he's selling it to Mastrop. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's not so bad. Like, put the pitchforks away, like, chill out. And then I read Norbauer's post, and it gets me going. And I'm like, who do you think you are, IMAP? <laughs> so, so I have no idea what I want, okay? But I get caught up in emotions. Well, how attached are you to Geek Hack? Like you know, on a on a scale of one to ten, right? Where one is like whatever, don't care, and ten is like Geek Hack has to exist and never change. How attached are you to it? I'm not like I see I totally understand the people who are deep enough in it that they never want it to change but I never got to the point where like I got close to like the point of no return probably but like so many of like the old discussions and like conversations and drama and stuff were either before my time or I was just not part of that like scene so I I don't feel that way but like I see all the threads and like all the super old artisan posts and all the different makers who are gone. And when the dude, the Apple of Nama dude burned the clack and posted the pictures of like Yoshi burning it. Like I get where that comes from. And like the clack threads, which are all weird and like mysterious. But I guess I get like totally how people 
could be really like emotionally distraught about it. So okay. even though even if I'm not like I I am in a way too just cuz like I'm with those people and I hate change anyways. Like uh, the only thing I can compare this to is one of my favorite video games ever like had a huge change in like 2012. It's like an online MMO and when the change happened, I was just like I was so mad for so long and like was I'm this still RuneScape? Yeah, I, I'm still mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now that we have a better understanding of your emotive state and frame of mind, what are your biggest concerns and fears, if any, about Mastrop being the new masters of Geekhack? So my my like dream would be that they get $50,000 of goodwill from this so they don't need to mess with the site, but... Mastrop doesn't seem to be a company that's like that they're definitely trying to make money and <laughs> like their their keycap sales have been like so back and forth and I don't know if like it's real their situation has really improved that much like I just they're they're just not like the best people to be in control of the site and that said I do think that input club is like I feel more comfortable with like Hata in charge of the keyboard community. Like I I feel comfortable saying that. Like if I know like Hata is behind it, I'm like, all right, you can steal my private message data. But now also now I got to de- delete all my trash talk about Mastrop and my Geekock threads. Why? If uh. if if a true indication of a owner that promises nothing changes and that they're not there to be you know biased overlords you should be able to openly criticize them right there shouldn't be that you don't understand i went i went (laughs) i went for the jugular (laughs) But, but that's my point right if they want a healthy community where an unbiased ability still remains for people to express their opinions as well as their displeasure when things are screwed up, they should not be censoring or making people feel that they have to shut up. Because the mm. moment that people feel that way, then the community truly is going to be dead. Because you can no longer freely discuss the way that you feel and think about things. It's right? like a that, military state. It's like exactly. 1983 keyboard style. <laughs> but this is a thing, right? Input Club themselves now are an actual company. Yeah, but they're Hata. No, 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 no. Saying that Hata is the owner is not the same as saying Input Club is the owner. Hata is the individual owning the site versus Input Club owning the site are two separate things. I just think... I just think Input Club is much more close to... The enthusiast's heart, then. They very well may be, and don't get me wrong, but the issue there is that they have a store. They have competition. They have competitors. So, if you're going to have one vendor, Mastrop versus Input Club, there's still the same issues of transparency, risk, bias, censorship, and so on and so forth versus a personalized ownership by an individual or a group of individuals who don't have a commercial interest. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just... But I, all right. This is this is how I picture how InfoClub acts. They'll be like, our switch is like the smoothest. And then you'll be like, what about this switch? And then they'll be like, all right. We'll get onto our like pressure gauge and we'll create a curve of our switch and you can compare it yourself. It's like I, I just I feel like they're objectively more um objective. Like I know what you mean. But there's perceptions here in the community which were voiced as part of this whole discussion, debate and whatnot, that vendors should 
not be part ownerships of communities. They can support the communities, they can help fund through transparent means, but they shouldn't be owners, right? I mean, like, we have a really good example here on the podcast and that we're sponsored by Idea23 and Kibio, and of course our Patreon supporters as well, but we have the freedom to criticize our sponsors because that's the way that our arrangement is. It would be the same in that, well, if Input Club were the owners, could you necessarily feel free to criticize them versus if Input Club wasn't owners, but they helped pay costs? You know, we're not owned by Idea23 or Kibio. So, Replace for Sweet Keyboard. <laughs> so if there was any issue at hand, they have the right to pull their funding, but we would still be in control and make decisions. Whereas I mean, if they okay. owned us... I mean, then... so, I get what you're saying, but like... The, is that is like it's the reality of the situation is they're the owners so either use the platform with them as the owners or peace out to another platform i personally like do believe that ethics like you could maintain ethics like it's it just requires restraint like not taking down like halo switches Oh, of course. Advertising for so, tacos or something, if you sure. keep talk. So, now then, going from this point, how do you think Massdrop is going to recoup the value of their investment? Because they well, use I, the word, they use the word investment very, very specifically. Um, okay, well, okay, one idea, which I would... Like I think you could cre- you could create, I I this might be like totally wrong and everybody in the world could disagree with me, but I would totally pay like, if they created a membership cost, I would pay five dollars a year for like membership like fifty cents a month. If they could just create like a cheap membership cost like that, then I would be totally fine paying that. Like, and I think most people would. I don't like. That'd probably be more than less than like a lot of people would even be willing to donate. So I like a cheap, really cheap like membership cost would be okay. But I just like I have this dream that they gained, they gained you know fifty thousand dollars of goodwill and they really don't need to change anything right now because maybe a lot of the enthusiast people will start buying Geekat or um they'll start buying Mastrop products because of it, and it's good publicity for Mastrop maybe i think it's quite valid but this is this is where norbauer's post was really interesting in his analysis of will's post as well because norbauer says that the post was written in a very specific but yet vague way that alludes to potentials and will himself his post says By this point, hopefully you're feeling uh, cautiously optimistic, but you're probably looking for the catch. How does Massdrop as a business benefit from buying GeekHack if we're not changing anything to monetize the site? And the rhetorical answer to that is that having a place for people to dive deeper into mechanical keyboards helps Massdrop create better products and leads to people being bigger Massdrop customers. My very cynical, mind you, and I guess pessimistic in a way, is that there is opportunity that Mastrop as a business with a lot of connections could be not necessarily, I won't call it stealing, but being inspired by things that people share and running with it. So if somebody throws out an interest check for a colorway, they could jump on it straight away, be on the phone to somebody and bam, that colorway comes out. Or somebody goes, how about a layout like this as part of discussions? And then bam, next thing you see is a mechanical keyboard with that layout. These are all, you know, very strong hypotheticals. And there are certainly some ethics involved in this. And I'm sure that uh, Mastrop, no doubt, will have, you know, due credit given. But then you come down into the, the challenging field of intellectual property, ownership and rights. And we know that Mastrop has already dabbled in that field for mechanical keyboards and have made challenges to the community, a la Input Club. 
a lot of these people who are in our community will not have the funds to legally challenge. And even then, you know, if they do win a legal challenge, it will leave such a sour taste in people's mouths about the whole situation that whatever it is that they had wanted to create is probably not going to succeed as a buy or a development anyway. So these are some of the concerns, right? These are some of the risks that we're talking about that we don't quite know how Mastrop is going to be utilizing GeekHack. I mean, heck, they could be using GeekHack as a poll. Like, everybody must vote on this to log in, which would be fine. You know, like, next time you hop on the GeekHack and they run a poll, it's like, do you prefer this? Do you like this? Or what do you think of this idea? Answer the question, and then it takes you to GeekHack's website. And I would be fine with that, because that's product development. That's market research. So as long as they approach it in a particular way that is not going to be taking people's intellectual property, I'm cool with that. But the moment they step on that, that minefield, then they are basically setting those bridges to the community on fire. Lighting it, pouring Zippo fluid all over it and going, I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's going to be some interesting times ahead. I think that the, the, this is the best comment that we got definitely in the thread, though, was hipster punk said or punk's dead i think it's hipster punk the art i think he's the artisan not sure on that though because i don't recognize his picture he said will your avatar makes me uneasy and you look like the typical ceo that increases my holiday bonus but slashes my health insurance (laughs) 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 that's all we got out of him it's it's kind of a would you buy a used car from this man is is the the phrase that I hear a lot about when you judge people's pictures. What about so one thing that I kind of just like have been going through in my head since you've been talking. It wasn't like we couldn't have got a community member to buy it. There like there was community members willing to pay for it, and it yeah. wasn't just about like covering the like. It, it went from, like, GeekHack doesn't have an owner, it, it, we can't afford it, it's going to die, to, no, a community member can definitely pay for it, like, as we saw with Zeal, because he's obviously balling on his, like, Zeal stabs and stuff. <laughs> his BMW. Uh, yeah. It's like, a, he can clearly afford it, and, like, so, Mastroff's not going to die, let's chill out. Then it was like, alright, well, Mastroff ain't going to die. But let's get a lot of money out of it. It's like it ch- it changed a lot from like like it didn't need to sell to a company. Like it could have sold to a community member, which is kind of like it is a little bit frustrating. Well, put it to this me. way. Put it this way. IMAV has essentially burnt that bridge so hard that he's probably never coming back to the community again. Because there was he was gone though. He he was he was very inactive in the community on GeekHack. But what can I say? It was his right to do so. He owned it. He he had the goods. Even if he didn't input into it and develop it because the community flourished, it was his technical property. So for him to take advantage of it, to pay his bills... Now, people are saying he's gone and bought himself a new car. Man, I have mortgages, right? I know how much stress and pressure that is. If he got $50,000 and he was happy to sell out the community for 50 grand because it would make his life easier with less stress and he wouldn't have to worry about his mortgages for a while, then good for him. If somebody came to me and said, hey man, you want 50 grand for a bit of code that you didn't actually have to do anything about, but you're going to have to sack the entire community relationship that you have, I'd probably think about it and say, well... Wait, how much? How much for the board? Everything. <laughs> you want to sell the board? How much would you take? How much? How much would your mortgage affect well, you? Well, $30. right now, right now, our <laughs> website address is actually owned by Yoris, so I can't even sell it. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so when when he stops paying the bill for our URL, it's gone. 
<laughs> to whoever else wants to buy it. <laughs> and and YouTube own the YouTube, right? So, like, I'm technically, you know, a freeloader off YouTube in that context. The only thing that we do actually own is the hosting for the podcast itself. That's under my name. And, well, it's not worth very much. So, uh, I don't think anybody's going to be making me any offers anytime soon. <laughs> That said, five schmeckles. That said, I can tell you right now that my mortgage repayments puts my family under mortgage stress. Now, if you don't know what mortgage stress is, then you can look up that term and think about Sydney because Sydney is one of the highest uh, cost of living housing places in the world right now. Okay, so I can fully understand where IMAB's coming from. If is this I like a mortgage stress test. Uh, I don't know, but it's, it's typically a percentile of your income post-tax. And if you're over Mm -hmm. that, then you're considered to be under mortgage stress. And I'm well above and beyond that. So, you know, that's scary. It is. I'm getting stressed out for you. (laughs) (laughs) Can everybody watching this just feel a little bit of Don's stress to try and reduce the mortgage stress he has? It's funny because you say watch and people are actually listening to this. Obviously, nothing's going to happen. But anyway. Maybe they downloaded it and they (laughs) they put it into Audacity and they're watching the, the waves of our voice. They're riding the waves. Now, let's move on. Because um, we still have a little bit more to talk about this, which is not directly on the sale, but about the contestant called Keep Talk. The place for Keep Talk. (laughs) (laughs) So, Keep Talk is a new website that was raised and... Its owners is a trio. The owners is... Is it? Is it Norbao or is it actually Andrew? I can't remember. I have no idea. What? I thought it was Input Club. Yeah. Okay. So, I know it's Huey from Top Clack is one of the three. Uh, The moderators are Black Cashman... That Andrew, Andrew, that dude, I think he's Input Club dude, and Huey, and the admins are Norbauer. Right. Okay. But I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think just it doesn't, doesn't just Input Club own it. I'm not a hundred percent sure on the ownership or whatnot, but essentially, it's it's three individuals, okay, who have come together to actually put the site together. Now. It runs through Discourse, which I don't know very much about, and it's a very different layout and format. I've been on it. I haven't registered. I've had a click around, and I've seen how it works. And to be honest, I'm okay with it. It's a little bit to get used to, but I can understand how it works, and I can understand the advantages of it, and I can see that it can be a successful platform in the way that it's utilized. So, what do you think and feel about Keep Talk as a potential competitor and or replacement for GeekHack? Um, I don't think it's ever going to get enough steam unless Mastrop like, like poisons GeekHack. <laughs> There's just like poison dripping on every page. Like... I don't think it's really hard to get people to like migrate to a new place. I got people didn't even migrate from GeekHack to Reddit. Reddit kind of just like supplements it for the most part and like brought in new people. But I still think like a lot of the people stayed on GeekHack. So I, I don't know. I don't have that much hope. Not that like I don't like the project. Um, this, I do see a post and a, a message here that says Keep Talk will be run by Huey, Norbauer, and Andrew, but it is not affiliated with any of their own projects, own other, own other projects or companies. 
Yeah. So I don't know if mass draw or if input club actually like. Yeah, and this is what is I'm it... saying. So there's there's going to be a question of partitioning, because while Andrew is such a predominant figure of input club, input club supposedly has no actual input into keep talk into the club now do you think that it has to be competition or replacement what is wrong with just an alternative where people can go and perhaps talk to other people who might not be on geek hack for example i don't really geek hack i don't i think i might have an account but i don't think i have any posts because the layout the format the color oh god the color uh, it really puts me off the color scheme, by the way. It hurts my eyes. Now, I only go there to check out stuff people because people redirect me to. Things that are group buys or information and so on and so forth. I prefer to hang out in Reddit. I find the format just a little bit easier for me to interact with. Looking at discourse, I also feel more comfortable with the way that discourse works than with GeekHack. So there might be people similar to my experience that will hang out in one of these other communities, but would like to interact with new people without having to jump into the full geek hack experience. Do you think that's viable? Um, um, can you repeat the question? <laughs> Does it have to be a replacement or competition as opposed to an additional place for people to hang out and chill? meet different people always people always say the thing where it's gonna like fragment the community more i don't really believe that but i just like if it's there and it's not getting used enough it's just gonna be sad um well i do okay so with your point about fragmenting though right like Mm -hmm. discord has main keys yeah yeah but how many other mechanical keyboard discords are there heaps is that fracturing the community? I mean, a little bit. This cork is pretty like crazy. <laughs> Do you? Well, this is this is exactly what I'm saying, right? So right now, main keys Discord is called Keeps. I only go there if I get pinged or if somebody redirects me to something happening there because transactions there, messages happen so fast, so frequently. It's very challenging to actually keep up on what's going on. Some people love that, right? They can keep on top of it. But I have other things that I'm doing. So I don't I don't manage that very well. So I hang out in a slightly slower paced place, which is the Australian keyboard Discord, as well as some other Discords, you know, with friends in other interests and so on and so forth. This is kind of a similar issue. The pace of different sites may suit different users. But why would that necessarily fragment the community? I don't think I don't think it really fragments people. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. I just like if there's too many like it's. I just personally, I don't really. I prefer when there's less places because it just feels more alive. Is it just because you don't want to have to go to more places to check out what's going on? I don't know. It's just something about like having so many places like. Maybe it like turns me off a little bit. Like it makes, it makes it like less appealing. It's like I already don't like that. Like you have to go to Desk Authority for vintage stuff. Like and then Geekac for like artisan group buy stuff, and then Mastrop for all your signature plastics, key cabinets, and then Reddit for all your memes. Like it's already like a lot. <laughs> So what you need is like an aggre- an, an aggregating service that can pull all of that together? Mm, no, because I, I don't want somebody trying to like show me what they think I want to see. I want to decide what I want to see. But I just <laughs> like I, I don't really get the I don't I don't really see like where this is filling in what niche this is filling in. But I mean, it's not it's fine if they want to make it. But I don't know if I'm going to use it. Okay, well, that's fair enough. I also do... Um, Living Speedball made a super good post on this, which um, I, I won't like read it or mention anything, but you should check it out if, you, if you're interested. It, he's not like super against it, but he just says that it feels a little bit weird 
And then lastly, I don't like the name. Like, I, I, it's, I don't like Keeb. I don't like Keeb. I don't like that word. Like, with Keebio, it's okay. He's a sponsor, so... <laughs> So I'll pretend like I like it, but everything else, like with Keeb, it just sounds so, like, like infantile. I don't know. Well, you know, and and that's fine. Everybody has their own personal preferences linguistically. You know, some people prefer never to have a nickname used, and they just want their name proper. And yeah, all sorts of things trigger people differently. I don't have a problem with the word Keeb simply because it's kind of like a uh, an affectionate shortcut nickname for keyboards, you know? It makes like perfect your, sense your to baby. me. your baby. It's like calling your, like, significant other baby. Keeby. Keep. Bay. Bay. Well, yeah. We're, we're just going to have to see how it pans out. And I can tell you right now, there is a lot of talk by a lot of other people about starting other sites as well. So this is only the first of potentially many other sites that is going to turn up to be alternatives to Geekhack. You know, it's just waiting for people to press that button to launch a site if Geekhack starts going down in flames. So we should create a Kaizen board. A what? Kaizen board, the lean, a lean board, and it's like that's the, that'll be the name of our a kanban share. board. Yeah, a kanban board. Right. Okay. Well, kanban's too like stressful and like pull oriented. You know, I think a kanban board would actually work really great for running a group by interest check because you would have your columns indicating the status of the buy, and then you would have swim lanes for components within your buy or countries and things and you could just move the group by through each of those statuses and phases and it would be a really really clean way that people could go to a kanban board and see every group by and every interest check at whatever stage and they could filter it by swim lanes relevant to their country or kit and things like that rather than threads with numbers and you know having to look up the post made by the OP or the first thread that has to be edited and yeah. Anyway, just a random thought that came through. Um, you know, I've also realized, by the way, we talked about last time's uh, guessing game. We didn't actually do this week's guessing game. Oh, baby, let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. You ready? All you right. Ready? So, so we'll probably finish on this since we're wrapping up to our usual time. Uh, and... Of course, if you wait, have... actually, there's one more thing I have to do based on my information from the last episode. Yeah, I did. I did ask a bunch of questions about the Zephyr, and specifically, I was interested in why the plate was white. Was why it white? Why the plate was how it is? Why the plate was made that way? Which is it has a set bottom row, and he didn't allow for other bottom rows. And so I actually sent a message to Zeal about it, and our boy Zeal hit us with a response, and it's loading, so <laughs> that'll come in a second. But yeah, so we got an answer on that. But while that's loading, I will I will start with my guessing game if you are ready. All right, hit me. All right, this switch was patented. In 1971. Hall effect. Close. <laughs> the peak force of this switch is 55 cn. 55 centinewtons. Oh. I don't know my vintage switches, so um, I'm going to say next. Not, did you say a guess? I said next. <laughs> That's not a guess. It's not a switch name. The name of this switch refers to a flat spring in the switch, which is arched upwards at rest and inverted when pressed. Buckling spring? Oh, 
are so close. It was phased out in favor of the buckling spring, which oh. is cheaper, simpler, and less bulky than this switch. I'm going to say I I have no idea. I, I really All don't. Right. Last tip, last clue is manufactured by IBM. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't Beam know. spring. Beam spring. Oh. See, I've it's heard like, of the beam spring, but I had no idea how its actual internal mechanism worked. Yeah, I didn't really know either. <laughs> till till I made this this glue, but I did. If you remember that video I made for a YouTube channel yeah. about the IBM keyboards, one of those was a beam spring. I've seen the beam spring on. Uh, Kairosan's side. Yeah, they're so, cool. Yeah. Also, Kairosan put up a new video about the real force, which was pretty good. Just saying. Mm. All right. Are you ready to, to get the easiest, easiest, easiest guess game from me? Master Up. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> Five points. R- really? Yes. <laughs> no way. Oh my god. Of course it has to be topical. I mean it could have been geek hack. <laughs> well, it was a 50/50, right? Um but oh. you know what? Here are some facts about Mastrop since it's no longer a guessing game. But Mastrop was founded in 2012 and they were actually first run out of a hostel. The owners of Mastrop actually were they met in Canada and they moved into a hostel in Silicon Valley. The first product that Mastrop ever ran a group buy for was the Audi A4 carbon fiber front grill. Mastrop. This is so. That's like, these are things I've never heard of. Mastrop now has 20 separate communities that they provide group buys for. Including the sewing community, which is so <laughs> lame. Um, and, and, well, it wasn't really so much as a clue, but, well, it is, I suppose, that the Mastrop has a love-hate relationship with the keyboard community in that they've done some great drops and they've done some great products, but they've also screwed up massively, like sending some poor guy a single switch instead of a keyboard, but invoicing him for the full keyboard so he had to pay tax, but he only received a single switch. <laughs> Salt in the wounds. <laughs> so you know, and and we know that there's been issues with with customer service and the way that they deal business. Um, but hey, that's right, that's well, just how it is. I, all right, seriously, I just want Mastrop just to build a robot and Input Club to build a robot, and I want them to fight in a cage to annihilation. Can we do that? Well, how about they go through a mutually beneficial merger where Mastrop and Input Club come together and have co-ownership of, say, the keyboard community section of Mastrop, and then it could become like, you know, Input Club or or Mass Club or something like that. I don't know. Input Club. Input. Input Club. (laughs) Mass Club. Input Mass? Geek mask club, input club drop club hack <laughs> cube geek hack club. Think of all the combos. Um, yeah, so I found it really interesting because I was trying to look up information about Mastrop, right? And the guy who posted on Geek Hack, he goes, "I'm a co-founder," but I went and looked up the wiki, and it didn't have his name at all. And I was like, "Wait, is this guy spinning bullshit? Like he's a co-founder, but he's not mentioned in the wiki?" And then I read on Mastrop's own history page that he was a co-founder, but a secondary co-founder. So it was first these two guys, and then when they went to do their actual product launch, they pulled in these other two guys, which Will was Will Bright was one of the other two guys. So it actually was four people who were the original four, as it were, but the true co-founders was actually only two. So, yeah. I was like, man, there's very little information out there about Mastrop's as a commercial entity. But um, there you have it. That's that's pretty much it. I think we're going to be wrapping up now on this episode. 
do not have a new giveaway for uh, another idea 23 cap but um we'll come up with wait, one you never did you do, did you oh wait yeah you did do your thing i guess it <laughs> never mind <laughs> <laughs> and i thought i was the only one that was drinking um <laughs> i have very bad focus <laughs> <laughs> so you know this is a very controversial topic and you know there's been a lot of things that have been said but if you want to say more and let us know your thoughts or if you want to counter any of the comments that we made then by all means post send us emails uh, come on to our slack just send me an email at the at gmail.com and i can send you an invite to our slack um and yeah just get involved and continue this conversation so don't forget for the july kibio competition send us an email with the features that you would like to see out of an ideal keyboard community website or forum for you. Okay. Not that we're really in a position or or place to um, create one, but if we gather them all together, we can let everybody know what people think. And then that way, if somebody does want to go out information in mass drop (laughs) or cube talk or cube chat or whatever it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, and don't forget if you are new to, listening to the podcast and and this is the first podcast that you've come across from us our entire back catalog is available a hundred percent free you can find us at www.theboardpodcast.com so long as yoris is actually still paying that or you can just check out the main site that uh, you would get linked to from reddit posts and so on and so forth we also do have a youtube channel we have reached 1,900 subscribers, which is fantastic. A very quick reminder that at 2,000 subscribers, I'm going to be running a giveaway for two Coscap Artisan keycaps. And Don shaving his eyebrows. <laughs> my eyebrows. <laughs> I can shave my head. Um, not that I'm making promises for 2,000 on that. Maybe at like another milestone. Um <laughs> <laughs> This is not the alcohol talking. This is just the usual brand of crazy that we have. And of course, if you do like what we do here and you want to help us out um, and just, you know, say a way of thanks, we do have a Patreon that you can, of course, check out and get involved and uh, show your appreciation for the little silly things that we do, like knocking over a drink on his keyboard by the sounds of it. Water bottle. All righty. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening to another episode of The Board. And thank you, Kevin, for coming along and hanging out with me. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to say your goodbyes this week. It's my pleasure. Goodbye. If you have any personal data information, send it to us so we can sell it to a data mining company. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could always just donate. Or you could just donate. <laughs> to us, not the Dali Matter Company. Just, <laughs> so I just had to make that. The Vertiscope Inc. <laughs> Everybody's favorite chat Chinese data miners. <laughs> oh dear. Alrighty. Well, of course, as usual, until next time, happy clacking. <laughs>